your host Sully here once again. We're once again just tackling a cult filmmaker and seeing how they've evolved throughout the years and where they resonate in pop culture. We are talking today about the rather theatrical Baz Luhrmann. And here with me for this segment of the Giant Chat is Susie Singer Carter. How are you? I am great. How are How are you doing? Glad you could join. I'm doing so. Glad to join. Glad to join. I like talking about films, so this is a lovely thing. Yeah, it's not every day that it happens, and it's it just seems like not everyone wants to, you know, do something like that, which is a shame because there's just so much that can take off, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, because when you talk about, you asked me who my favorite my influences were. You know, I was like, okay, we're already gonna get along because I love I love it when people can kind of dissect someone's work. That's already an admirable thing. You know, call yourself a big fan. You know, not just I saw their first five movies. You know, right, 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 right. But it's fun. It's fun to like dive in and go back and go. Oh yeah. So why why am I so impressed with this? You know. Oh yeah. And what what? How does it influence me? And how does it how does it support what I do? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice to go back and think about that. And um, you know, and I think that my influences are so diff- wildly different. Like like Mike Nichols, who I I I treasure his writing, and you know, to me, he's like the original. Aaron Sorkin in terms of conversation, you know. Oh yeah. And um, right? and um, and I love I love his deep dive into relationships, and I always find them very moving and and oddly accurate. He gets right down to the nitty gritty. Well, there's nothing yeah. worse for when you watch something and you feel like you know it's an afterthought or. It's even worse when you got a great screenwriter, but the wrong kind of filmmakers adapting it and simplifying the details that really need a little more time to breathe. And you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I love relationship. I either like ta-da, pizzazz, or relationship. And so, you know, I think Baz Lorman gives us a lot of ta-da. ta-da. And, yeah. And I think that, and not that he doesn't give relationship. He he's very good at that too. But he also he's very good at the spec at, at, at the spectacle, you know. So, um, what should we talk about, Sully? Uh, well, so you know, just as a lowdown for Lerman, he's got only a select amount of movies, but it's quite a quite extensive. He's from Australia, just mm-hmm. like every other filmmaker these days seems to be and he has worked on uh you know actual theater and opera and his films include the 1996 version uh, of Romeo and Juliet the 92 version of Strictly Ballroom the 2001 version of Moulin Rouge the 2008 history epic uh, uh Australia, Australia yeah. uh, the 2013 version of The Great Gatsby and most recently, oh, Elvis from 2022. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was your introduction to him? Well, I mean, my I, I want to say what really made it. I, I saw I I seen all of those mm-hmm. movies that you just mentioned. Yeah, and you know, I remember, I remember the. I think the what really stuck out to me the most was Moulin Rouge. That was my first you know, the film that I got obsessed with, with him. And I thought he was just, I thought the whole thing was just incredibly satisfying. 
and and in in many many ways visually and musically and relationship wise and um spectacle wise it was it was big and and grand and and um farcical but yet grounded you know i think he 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 dotted all the i's and crossed all the t's and you know i like i like I love that. that expression yeah <laughs> i mean i like him because what i i i like to consider myself a auteur because i I do, I wear a lot of hats when I, when I produce and, and I started as an actor and a writer and, mm -hmm. and I can now edit and I direct and I produce. Your take charge attitude. And yeah. And I like to see, I like to make sure that, you know, the film or the project that I'm working on is consistent and has the, has the tone that I want to portray and, you know, and so and I'm, that's not to say I'm not collaborative, but I but I do dip my toe in all of the different areas because I think it's important to have, be consistent, you know, when you're telling a story. So um, I like that about him. He's he's. I mean, there isn't anything actually that that Baz Luhrmann hasn't done and isn't doing, you know, artistically, not not just film wise, but I mean, he's he's a, he's a fashion he's a fashion icon. He does architecture he's he loves all this attention to detail and you can't say that the money doesn't show on screen and if i've never liked any of his movies on chance it's never been you know it's never something i would say one out of five star you know didn't even try you know it was like no they put a lot of attention and you know it helps that he's doing a mixture of adaptations as well as just commonplace biographical stuff and He's or fearless, someone. really. He really he is, is fearless. fearless. He is fearless. He's got he. If he doesn't make know. any money, then, you know they'll still hit him up six years from now, and he'll come up with something else that's. Oh no, and and I, you know, really, he's done not that many films in that and that span of time when you think about it, right? But each one of them is is is. Rob Marshall's a similar one. He's a Broadway guy turned director, but see, with Marshall, you pretty much just say, okay, he's going to get some good performances out of his actors. You're not really thinking about. But is he going to have eye-catching visuals and shots that right, right? Whereas elongate this... and build up some momentum in the narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I think you're right. Like for instance, I think Strictly Ballroom, which was biographical based on mm -hmm. his family, and I and I think most of us, I think our first films are are pretty much biographical that it, because they're, they're really when you write what you know and you and you direct what you know you can't you can almost not make a mistake because you know it so well and you've lived it and it and it and it fits it fits really mm -hmm. well so if you have if you you know I think it's it's I mean I love writing what you know and and um I I don't think you can avoid that but I mean especially hit that that particular story was based Seem seemingly based on his mother, who was a ballroom teacher, and he mm -hmm. was a ballroom dancer, and that whole that whole society that or community that that lives around that he captured it well, and it was you know, but and it's and it's true to his his brand, which is big and grand and farcical, and mm -hmm. you know, and uh, but 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 he but he commits. <laughs> you know he really commits he really so, does yeah you know and he's and he's been very courageous in trying different kinds of 
you know, I don't, obviously he doesn't, he, he, he marches to his own beat by the way that he, he directs and his, he, I wouldn't I call himself indulgent either. And I know that's pretty commonplace. Just about everyone gets accused of being self-indulgent. I, he's, he feels like he just wants to just do a very big upbeat old school kind of themed movie while also mixing in just as many other thematic elements as he can that can work in any kind of movie that he likes i think too you know i mean and it's interesting because he's consistent i was thinking back about um like strictly ballroom and using using time after time cindy lopper's time after time and you know a version of it and then then you cut to like which i love because you know that's my era and uh yeah give me some neon and i'm happy neon and a big bow i'm so happy and then um you know then you cut to moulin rouge and you've got this medley of just like elton john and and like i mean that like that that medley that Ian McGregor does and Nicole Kidman is just classic. It's epic. It's, you know, it's everything. And, and it was, it was, it was great. I mean, and he made those songs signature. He's, he put his signature on those songs by the way he directed it. And, and that's, that's hard to do taking songs like that. You know, I I don't think he succeeded that well in Great Gatsby. That's just me. Don't hate me. Um, But I just think, I just felt really, I, I felt Jay-Z, who I love, was like uh, a little bit out of, I just felt it was a disconnect for me. Yeah, I mean, even the best music videos can be a little just kind of like, hey, it looks, sounds good on paper, but I'm, yeah. it lost me. It lost me a bit because it was like, it just felt very, um, there was a lot of computer there was a there was just a lot of computerized things and a lot of technology and it took to me it took away from the story mm-hmm. and the acting was great so you had these really great actors you know um and then let's talk about romeo plus juliet <laughs> <laughs> yep i, I, I knew it was coming i knew it was coming yeah, yeah. did you see it have you seen it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah did you like it I like some of the performances, especially how John Leguizamo has made it uh, and Bonnie Curtis Hall have chosen to be in some Shakespeare adaptations uh, as well. Uh, I'm kind of just not crazy about the gun thing. I can't. I think it could have been handled a little better. Yeah. But I can't blame them for trying what they were doing. They're going with TV stars and they were going with an original music score. I mean, any film that, again, I, whether I've liked it or hated it, I still got to commend anybody who wants to put on a show basically bring theater to the movie i do think mulan rouge has a lot of great things about it i know some like to smack talk about that nowadays but i i understand it's i loved it it was an opera to me it was it yeah was, the two leads opera. played well against each other i mean just from the poster alone you know you're going for kind of almost a 50s kind of technicolor absolutely i love that and i loved it whereas like with so i'm a huge fan of the original romeo and juliet mm-hmm. you know and yeah, I'll watch any Shakespeare adaptation, even if it's pretentious as hell. <laughs> but I yeah. loved the first one, like with Olivia Hussey. I mean, the, the, um, oh, baby. that was, I mean, that, that to me, there's no, those, those two people, I can't think of the She guy couldn't that. get past it. She and Zifarelli couldn't get past it. It was like, Zifarelli, okay. like that, that one, I can still watch it and cry. Like, I don't think he did a, a wrong moment in that film. I just thought it was perfect. So w- watching, I saw this Romeo and Juliet uh, '70s 
TV version that had Ellen Rickman in it about a year ago. It was a lot of fun. Oh, Alan Rickman was in it? Yeah, I forget who what he is. He play? Uh, it's like the opposing family of Juliet's. I think he's okay. one of the messengers or somebody who might okay. also is willing to also get his hands dirty and kill Romeo. Gotcha. I think. Uh, you can find the YouTube clips. It's worth it. Okay. It's like, I mean, he's damn. great. I love Alan Rickman. But who, do, who doesn't? Who doesn't, right? But I mean, yeah, Zeffirelli's... Next episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Version. I mean, his version to me is the classic. It is it. It's the pinnacle of Romeo and Juliet. This, to me, and maybe because it's just not my... Like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm an 80s girl, so... That was I all, wish I was an like, 80s dude. <laughs> there was like all 90s references in there and I felt a, a real big disconnect for me. And then, you know, and I really need, I think I want to go back and look at it again because I, I think I have to commend him for, for almost, you know, sort of being ahead of the game and in, 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 in kind of like Lin-Manuel, you know, casting very, a diverse cast like he did. That's a good contrast because these were very diverse verse before that was really really a thing it's still we were in 2001 we were still getting just here's your white guy movies here's your yeah. black audience movies I mean, we didn't ever see even any... even women were separated check flag totally. guys movie check flag guys movie it's like totally why totally. way to annihilate your audience <laughs> yeah, and we never we don't think we ever saw a shakespeare with you know black actors or, or latino actors oh no. Other than Othello, white and British. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and so this was re- that was refreshing, and I think um, what was his name? The guy that played the black actor. Um, Lawrence Fishburne played Othello. Yeah, yeah, but no. Oh, Henry Henry Perino Paranoi. Uh, he played. He was excellent. Like he he and John Lee. John oh and Mulan Rouge yeah I'm trying to no 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 not Mulan Rouge and Romeo plus Juliet they those were the those were the cousins um they they were amazing and they they stood out to me and I also thought like his version of Prince's Dove's Cry was good so <laughs> those are my favorite parts of it but oh, I need no. to go back and revisit for it for sure but he definitely has his you know he's definitely consistent um and for I I don't know about you, but I feel like he there's there's some parallel to to Joel Schumacher in a way. In the oh. thank you, yeah, because Joel gets shot on quite a lot, and it's like I can't hate the guy, even if I've seen a movie of his I didn't care for. I he's got a great eye for art direction, and uh, if you've ever seen the Stars documentary show, the uh, the the directors he he always just talks about i want to show how lovely people can be in just terrible situations it's like see this is why i like the quirks that of various filmmakers just, just finding just unusual stuff and that's your signature everyone's for a while was just trying too hard to be the next hitchcock and have a crazy plot twist some of them still are this is like christopher nolan and m night killing me you don't need a plot twist anymore it's not even a signature it's just it's bad. <laughs> it's arbitrary, yeah. Can I get? Can I tell you a little anecdote about uh, Joel Schumacher? That's what we're all about. Okay, so I, my daughter, did you ever see Falling Down? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so my daughter plays the little girl, the daughter, Adele. Well, congrats. <laughs> and I, I actually have a cameo in it. I'm the girl. I'm the entertainer, the girl that comes out at uh, at uh, um, what's his face. Um, 
Oh my God, I'm losing his name. The daughter's birthday. No, it was it. Who's the guy that was? Um, he's a huge actor. He was in The Godfather. Robert Duvall. Uh, Robert Duvall. So he's he's retiring, and and they're giving him a going away party, and I'm the girl that comes out and dances on the table. So there's a seat. There's oh, a. I'll keep my eye out next time. Yeah, I'm I'm dressed, folks. I'm wearing a cute little like outfit with bows on. But but the thing is, is that. Joel Schumacher was incredible as an as a director, and especially with my daughter who was I'm glad old. you got the opportunity. Rest six in years peace. old, yeah, and he was, and you see this guy who's like six six or six seven, who was so excited after every scene that he would jump up and down and just be like, "Yay!" Because that's how I feel when I'm directing, and he oh, loved totally. it so much, and he was so great, and I just I just really admired his his passion. That's what he's all about. Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't, he never understood why everyone was taking it out of context on how the main character might be an anti-hero. It's like, it's just a straightforward uh, villain who thinks they're making a difference. Who's going out of bounds. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best line is like, wait, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> you know, You're right. like, wait a minute. I, how am I the bad guy? Every villain's famous last yes. words. Yeah. yeah 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 so yeah that was a classic movie it is a classic movie and it still stands up it yeah it's a great cult classic um yeah i'm glad you got that opportunity um and yeah. so now you've done all kinds of things you know dance reality tv guest spots now um i wrote brats the movie there's my poster yes you did there you go <laughs> and, and i, I co-produced soul surfer for sony and uh, Mm-hmm. Wrote, wrote the final final draft for our shooting draft and um as writers know we don't always get credit for what we do but no I did unfortunately not yeah mm-hmm. and you get the uh, producer credit if you change it up but that's it yeah um, but i actually produced that film it wasn't just a credit i actually like balls to the wall co-produced it there was a lot of work and and you know i loved every minute of it and it was really fun and um you gotta do what you gotta do if you want to make your vision for sure and then you know i started doing i did two tv series for saturday morning cbs that's how i got my my start and that was uh, cake and dance revolution one was a, a sitcom and one was a dance competition show and they were shot at the same time oh man so i would like and I, I was actually hired to to show run Cake, which was the sitcom. And then they asked me to take over Dance Revolution because they didn't like what was happening with it. And I said, yes, because what else are you going to get asked to do two shows at one time? Yeah. So I said, yes. And my partner, Don Priest, was about, you know, wanted to like kill me because we were already so exhausted. But <laughs> you know what? We did it. We did it. And we're really happy that we did it. And, you know, we jumped in and it was a lot of fun. Yeah stellar um, and now we're into podcasts right and you got another right? <laughs> upcoming project that's in development um, but uh you got lovely tattoos by the way um oh thank you what does it say well this is my mother's signature for oh. from a, a birthday card that she gave me my mom just passed away in oh, july my condolences and, thank you and and um so I just I love it because it, she's with me all the time because it's her writing and I love it gotta so do much. what you gotta do yeah and this one is my two little girls and it's an infinity and it has their okay. name. I love that. That's what I recognize it was an infinity. Yeah. I love, I like tattoos that mean something like I like films. I don't like films that don't give you a, a, a gift to take home. Yeah. And 
So with the yeah. films that have been brought home, uh, how would you describe Lerman's style? Like, you know, you described it similar to Joe Schumacher, which is yeah. I mean, fair. I think it's interesting. You would, think, you would think he's gay, but he's not gay. He's you know because of his he's very flamboyant. He just and loves the very, theater. That's he loves he theater. He loves opera. He loves music. He's really. I feel like he's my. I feel like he. We could be family because I love. I love everything he loves. He loves dancing. He loves music. He loves opera. He loves Broadway. And it all, he tries to incorporate that at all times in all of his movies. And I, I Ron Marshall tried to do that with like Chicago and then one of the Pirates movies and then uh -huh. Nine with Daniel Day Lewis and Nicole Kidman. But uh, Chicago I, was pretty damn good though. I like Chicago. <laughs> fair enough. I, I think it's interesting how I would describe. Baz Luhrmann, and I'm probably going to be criti criticized for this. I feel like he kind of even takes an Elia Kazan kind of approach. He wants he wants dynamite acting, but he That's also true. he doesn't want them to necessarily care the movie so much as being a perfect corner for him to frame. Yes, that's true. And sing on cue, and obviously that's going to take multiple takes, you know, in rehearsal. Yes, yes. But yeah, I think he, he's a visual. He's a visual artist, is what he is. He's an oral, an oral, not our oral, but oral. A A U R. I, I, I think that he's <laughs> those artists <laughs> that he is. That you know, he 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 is, which I like. I I'm very visual, so everyone is. Yeah, but some people the don't. Right one are. Right, but some people really like. Okay, when you listen to a song, what 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 captures you from the song? The music or the words? The beats, as well as kind of how the lyrics are staged around. Okay. So I, I love melody. Melody grabs me first. Yes. And then words, if the words are good, then I'm I'm all in. I'm 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 in love. Some people and don't listen to lyrics at all, though. At all. Correct. Uh, and it's not it's not uncommon. I've seen some people who don't like music at all. I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. It's pretty a little lonely inside there, but um, it's, it is interesting how, yeah, like there's plenty who don't even analyze the lyrics. It's like, you do know that so-called feel-good song, that's an irony. That's that's the producer's touch. It's actually a very unhappy song. Like, foster the people, you know, pumped up kicks. But yeah. Terrible incident. It's about school shootings and... Totally. With but this it's just showing this is the music's inside the madman's head, and so it's visual in a way and you gotta i i'm gonna applaud anybody for doing something that i don't want to say is just different or edgy but also just trying to elicit a certain mood impactful and they are dedicated to that they are sticking with that even if it doesn't work as opposed to i'm gonna sing the same lyric there's only like two other verses and that's it i agree i like yeah i'll, I'll i agree with you on that for sure because i think however we can impact people is is great and whatever your gift is to impact people whether it's comedy or it's music or it's all of the above or visual you know then 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 that's a gift that's a gift and that's right. what you you need to do because storytelling is like music it's magic and it and it has the it has the ability to change people's minds and to to change mood everything yeah it can Everything. break it it can make it it can uh -huh. i mean 
And there's so many other people who I look back at and it's like, who would have thought they would have done a musical? I never would have expected Cindy LeMay to have done The Wiz. I would have never expected um, Milos Foreman to have done Hair. You know, I wouldn't have expected uh-huh. uh, Alan Rudolph got to start doing music documentaries, but he was still the most unlikely candidate to helm Pink Floyd's The Wall. You know, it's like uh-huh. there's so many unlikely guys and no one, everyone was surprised when Spielberg said, I'm remaking West Side Story this last I year. I know. What'd you think of it? Uh, at this point, I'm just glad that the man can do whatever he wants. I <laughs> I thought it was an interesting homage. I'm glad they brought Rita Marino back and the actors yeah. got some accolades, but I, I was kind of just like, this is, just I, feels more like a if someone did like a cover of a song. Exactly. Yeah, I feel the same. I thought Rita Marino was the best part of it. And I thought it, you know, it didn't deviate really. I mean, it was just another... It was just another. Could have cast. been a little different. That one, it might have changed yeah, yeah. a little better. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Look at that. We're green so much. <laughs> we try to be as laid back as we can on here, and you know, even if no one's going to agree on one take, I try to make sure that we're we're staying on topic. We're just actually kind of analyzing right uh, the subject. Uh, so, if you had to rank uh, Lerman, you know, where would you rank him on your favorite filmmakers, let alone kind of musical dramas? creators oh, i mean he's definitely he's definitely on that top in my top five and yeah in my top five because you're not gonna you're not gonna be you're not gonna be bored ever no. watching you're never gonna be even bored. if you don't like what you see there's no way you can say no one tried no one yeah shot that gorgeously no one yeah we'll return after these messages Hello and welcome to Culture Shocked, the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music, new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, for instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. J- no, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous, I don't even know where to Anyways, be- uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. 
So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. And you're going to find something in it that you love, whether it's a dance segment or music musical segment or, you know, however he his direction, which is always, you know, offbeat oh, in yeah. a way. Right. I mean, he's definitely- uh, probably the best way to put it, because he's not trying to be just like any other musical either. That you can no. tell it's him versus, say, um, with someone who did a musical recently. You know, just... well, yeah, I'm trying to think, too. Well, you just mentioned a couple. It was um, um, who did Chicago or who oh, did? That was, Rob, that was Rob Marshall. So. Yeah. And and um, Marshall's kind of more. I mean, even the Hamilton movie, I was glad they made a movie version. But there were times where they went a little too back into the audience. Like, ah, you're taking me out of the moment. You know, focus. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Stay on the stage. Stay on stage. Stay on stage. <laughs> Trying to make this look theatrical. That's the gimmick. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, okay. So, what? Who did? Wait, who did? Who did uh, Hairspray? The movie. Oh. Who directed that? Check it out. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. Because I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, cast. John Waters did the original one, and yeah. this one was by Adam Shankman. Wow. Oh, Adam. Okay, so Adam is Adam's great at musicals because he's a choreographer, right? Yeah, and he often does a lot of dramas and comedies. Yeah. Uh huh. But he started out as a choreographer, and one of his one of his dancers, who's now a big, she's a pretty big director, and what's her last name? Um. She was a friend of mine. I can't think of her last name now. Ann Fletcher. Ann Fletcher. Mm, all right. One of her pro- is like his protege. He gave her, he just, he pushed her into directing. He said, you can do it. So, and she has. And um, no, he's he's great because he's got that, he's got the eye of a dancer and a choreographer who can see I the I see what you mean. Thing. I didn't realize she was behind the proposal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She started out as just one of his dancers and, um, in fact, she did my partner, who I produced with his company, used to hire her to choreograph uh, infomercials and commercials. Oh, nice. <laughs> Small world, though, right? It really yeah. does all go together, just like you want all the various beats of a gag of a comedy bit to land. You want the various uh, dill involving, yeah, a commercial Tiny. and the, yeah, the joke. And same thing with the dance. You want Tiny. to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Who's the opposing dance team? Who's the opposing force in the room? Where, and just like an actor, you do want to know why am I ending up here? Should I go over right. here. Right, right, right. I mean, and and we we need to touch at at least a second on Elvis, the latest mm-hmm. 
So you think? Uh, I I mean I, I don't know if I it enjoyed it. I thought deep, it was, but it's it's just a it tour enjoyable. Of course. Yeah, it's just it was, it's interesting to just see kind of a simple summary. I would say, like I mean, I think word. that he 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 focused on on you know on his manager, and I think that we haven't seen that a lot. And I know that Tom Hanks got. Yeah, they, you had to hire a likable actor playing a villainous part. It's just much better that way as opposed to someone who we can easily hate, you know. But he, but 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 it's the first time that that Tom Hanks has gotten some slack on his characterization on the Colonel, and I think you know. But I I didn't hate him. I thought he did a good job. I don't understand. I think a lot of people get way too technical. I mean, you're supposed he was supposed to be portraying an aging. You know, who had a weird accent man. that was his accent people like were you know giving throwing shade on him because of the bad accent but guess what i folks? think they hate yeah. it when an actor just deviates and then they hate it when they don't deviate it's the formulaic thing it's the same thing with all these star trek shows where we're getting people complaining about them doing something different and then they're praising it and criticizing it when it goes back to the typical formula it's like so what do you want because you're right. not making any sense and if you're just gonna hate to hate then you're not being constructive you're just being one of right. the people we ignore on the internet but well, that's that's that's, that's probably you, it yeah and you you've done some music and dance choreography too right yeah i mean i but, uh, do you know okay so i'll just give so you so from your uh, eye do you do you have the choreographer in your head you're just like oh mr b <laughs> Well, you ever have that I come love alive dancing. I am a, I am a, I am a wish I was a dancer, dancer. Like I can dance, but I mean, I've always, always wished that that was my career because I love it so much. I, I dance hip hop, uh, you know, that's my drug of choice nice. and I've actually competed and it, it's become my, like, I, I call it my own meditation because you can only think of the music and your, the way your body's moving. You can't think of anything else when you're Nothing dancing. else. If you're going to be and the I, next Bob Vasi, you got to yeah i love it so much but um yeah i mean i i my family was we're all musical my mom was a singer my dad was was a uh renaissance man in the music industry and um chuck laurie this showrunner produced me and another girl in a in a in a group called two chicks back in the 80s and oh, wow. uh yeah and we we were one hit wonders we had a hit called uh, bad dreams in Hollywood, and then Chuck went on to become a, a huge showrunner. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, we did a we did a really meta. <laughs> you told him, "Hey, where the hell you been?" Waiting for well, the office to yeah. call me. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's a little busy. Chuck's a little <laughs> busy at the time. He was uh, writing. I think uh, he was making money writing birthday cards and and those like he was writing for those for yeah for greeting cards it was so it's so funny how life turns around right you never know yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah but um yeah, it's just just one of those stories that he stopped and he stopped producing music but um but it was it was great fun we did a we did a pretty high-end music video you can find it on on google if you google bad dreams in hollywood you'll you'll get a kick out of it it's a it's a good laugh oh nice yeah you'll find it two girls me a, a blonde and a, and an asian girl filipino girl <laughs> diverse folks diverse but we were adorable at those it's back in the day they That's called good. us the best of the post go 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 girls so yeah oh, totally. we were on vinyl records but it was a lot of fun 
And um, so I do love music and, and um, which I'm going to do a, a, a really uh, clunky segue into. I love Lucifer, my podcast that's on Realm right now. And the reason, yeah, and the reason, and how did I get, well, what was my inspiration? Oh, I'll tell you, Sully, here's my inspiration. I was in, a, I was in one of the last uh, productions I did as an actress was called Scream Queens, and it was a musical, an original musical, mm-hmm. right? And so um, it was about these Scream Queens at a, at a convention, who were signing autographs and waiting for uh, Roger Corman to show up. And um, <laughs> why is my phone doing beep, 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 beep? I don't know where my phone it's is. Roger anyway, Corman's calling. I don't know. Roger, see, there he is. It took this many years to get him. So anyway, so I, I love that. And then I was also at the time married to uh, a sci-fi star from Babylon 5. And so I oh, would, wow. yeah, I did come. Are you a fan of oh, Babylon 100%, 5? 100%, yeah. Okay, so Jason, I, I, I love Marcus. So yes. Oh, so you know I was married to him. I do. Nice. Okay. I had to be fun. <laughs> okay, good. So I went. I, I accompanied uh, Jason Carter on many, uh, many a uh, uh, convention, and you know, and saw the whole atmosphere, and I saw how many people were just, you know, it was just such a fertile place. It's full of gamers and and horror fans and sci-fi fans and they're and they're just really dedicated and I thought what a great what a great place to play and so I I created a show originally called Scream Queens now called I Love Lucifer about two two movies two B movie stars who fight movie monsters by day and real monsters by night and and it's just you know completely high concept but super fun super scary my my in I, my the tone of it is is American Werewolf in London. You know, <laughs> scary, it. but yeah. a buddy. It's a buddy film. It's a two hander. But we also have Adam Levy who plays our narrator, who's from um, Witcher, The Witcher, and also he's now a regular on uh, HBO's Industry, which is full of sex. You guys, God, oh, yeah. it's, it's very, it's very, it's very fun to watch but it's good it's interesting so you know and he's wonderful he's he's fantastic we give him way too many words and god bless him he says that <laughs> i'm glad he's willing to give complete dedication though because there's so many who will slack despite being talented it's like okay well yeah what do you need help with be honest you know he's he's lovely he's lovely we did we did all 10 episodes during covid from all over the world, people in closets all over the world. We had 39 actors and um, very proud of it. Nominated for seven Audioverse Awards. And that was- That's uh, great. I didn't fun. know that. That's, it's good to have work like that pay off. And it's like, cause at the end of the day, everyone does want just some acknowledgement. It's like, hey, did one hell of a job. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a fun romp. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's female driven, it's funny and it's warm, believe it or not. and. Um, I got a one of the reviews I got was Susie Singer Carter puts the heart in horror because I'm not a big horror fan and I loved that. I'm the same I, way. Give me a monkey's paw thing, but don't you know have people being tortured just nonstop. You know. Thank you. I'm with you, guy. I'm with you, my friend. I don't like that. So this was this was my this is my version of scary and it is scary. I mean, people. I've had people say I can't listen to it. It's so you know we really we we painstakingly put together as you know, uh, our soundscape is, is, I think, as awesome as you can get. And, to, and oh, yeah, with Zoom and all other kinds of things, you know, there's so many ways to, is like, you're, 
you're doing what you used to do when you just listen to a cassette or a CD is like you're creating something that, you know, for years, you know, was just restricted to you had to know someone who was a music producer. Right. Yeah. No, now you can, do, I mean, we're my, my, um, Don Priestley's my writer and a co-writer, co-producer, co-director on that project. He is a editor for the past 20 years. And so he's, you know, Glad you have a reliable went, okay, well, we can do it. We can do sound, but we're not, that's not what we get paid for. But, you know, when push comes to shove, when you got to do it, you got to do it. You got to make it. sure it's we right. It and, yeah. yeah. To prevent it from being a grind, you got to just be so focused whenever. Yeah. We made our own Foley. If we couldn't find it, we made it, you know, and try doing, you know, it's, screen, it's hard to, it's hard to record screams over uh, Riverside without, <laughs> without, you know, a lot of distortion. But I think we, we. We did, we did, we nailed it as far as that goes. And we did a, you know, we're- The more we're you keep reducing, the more you can fix a lot of stuff. It's only if like, it's just too raw a sound, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, listen, if there's a will, there's a way. And if you're passionate about something, you'll get it done. And we were passionate about this and everybody that, that you know, all the actors were fantastic and they-, they And you had wanted to do it for a while? Well, we, we had a deal at Fox for a TV series for Scream Queens, which became I Love Lucifer because Ryan was it, wait, who was it that had Scream Queens? They came in to Fox after us and Ryan Murphy, Ryan Murphy. Yeah. And so we had to quickly change the title to I Love Lucifer, which we like better anyway. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so we had a deal there and then, and then along came um, COVID and so we thought, why don't we just, why don't we just launch it as a podcast? Who knows how long this COVID is going to last. Right. So, and, um, and we can do it on our own and it'll be fun and it'll give us something to do rather, you know, and instead of Saul, go all the world sucks. <laughs> uh huh. Or, you know, call Instacart and get some more bad, wrong, wrong orders. <laughs> oh boy. And that's that. So, um, Yeah. I'm doing, I'm, I'm uh, attached to a movie called Run, which was based on a book called Plain Jane that I was uh, hired to adapt. So we're setting that up with, with um, Leighton Meester, hopefully, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But right now, she and Rose McIver from Ghost, this TV series are attached. And um, Asher Rodman also from Ghost. And we are, we're, we're excited. I'm excited because of trucking. Sure. Yeah. To, to direct. So, and Who that's knows? it. What no, else can I, I tell you? Do you need a recipe for guacamole? I have one. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. No, it's, this has been a fun interview. Great. Good, good, good. So, um, and all together, um, would you say, um, that all together, you're just, if people are going to be inspired by their icons, what should they mainly be doing instead of just uh, just saying, I want to do that? You know, because it's so easy to just sit around, talk smack and not not do anything. Well, now, what should like, people be doing right now if they're at their job and they're they got again, they got it all. They got family. They got work. They got a good house. Yeah. What can they do right now to just kind of just. If well, they're a creator and they want to do something, you mean, you mean, yeah, and they, they just don't know how they need another push. And 
they've been taken advantage of. They've had people who have just wasted their time. What do they do to keep up that momentum and realize you can still be doing something with your time? You just got to totally. figure out someone else who totally. wants to use the medium. And I got to say, and I'll, you know, since we are on a podcast, I will, I will venture to say that, you know, we still, the, the podcast world is still open to everybody. And oh, yeah. so you can do proof of concepts. You can do whatever you want on a podcast. Cause guess what? You can launch it yourself. And, and, you know, gone are the days pretty much that you could launch a show on like, like, you know, uh, anywhere. YouTube. even youtube is glutted and you know and you can still apply i think for like what the webby awards i think is the one that does yeah the Emmy equivalent but it's still of- hard to get tra- it's, it's hard to get eyeballs now because there's so much on youtube but if you but word of mouth but, you know, i still think that if you can produce something and find your niche on a podcast Why it's not? relatively inexpensive and you know, and you can you can realize a concept. So I yeah. and I think that that's you. That's the thing that is still there. And I think so. We can do that. And if you can do that, so if you've got a movie or a TV show or just a concept for an interview show, whatever it is, do it. Just just see it. Just try it out. And then you know, see what kind of traction you get, and see if you like it. Maybe you don't like it. Right. At least you can say you did it, you know. Did it, yeah. And 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 we still it's still the wild, wild west for for podcasts. And um where else can you just produce your own show right? and get it out there and distribute it and go, bam, I'm I'm a podcaster now. I'm making content. That's cool. That's cool, right? So, so cool. And I think that, and then you can also, you know, you can purpose it for, for YouTube as well. You can do your own channel on YouTube, which I do and, and, you know, give yourself some time and give yourself some grace and let yourself, and, and, you know, breathe, breathe. Yeah. Like just give yourself some, some accolades for doing it. I did this. I did this. Listen, I never did a podcast before and my, my interview podcast that come, that really was inspired by my short film, my mom and the girl love conquers all. I mean, I didn't even expect this. I wasn't going for this at all. I just wanted to have the conversation about caregivers. Just an and alternate that. way to adapt it. Yeah. And they, and I, we won best uh, podcast by a new media film festival in 2020. We're like, wow, that's crazy sauce. Well, and the right it. time for that kind of audience. So many people value personal wellness and mental health and all other sorts of just how to uh, you know, learn and better yourself and fix any other issues and talk about stuff that is strenuous, strenuous, really. And like not talked about, right? So people um, don't want to talk about it, but they need to talk about it because it's just, it eats you up. Yeah. And it's like any kind of stress or any kind of, uh, disability, any kind of, uh, bad habit. Eventually it rears its ugly head and you you got to face the music and you got to have to embrace it. You have to embrace it. That's, that's what um, Arthur Miller said. And it's my favorite, one of his Uh, favorite things. He and Tennessee Williams were so fortunate to have so many of their works adapted. Yeah. Do you think Boz Lerman is going to do that? He's going to adapt one of their favorites. I don't know. It would be great. Somebody needs to do do this, the, uh, um, what do you call it? Death of a salesman. Someone needs to do that. A a, a version, right? Right. 
I think so. I think so. That would be awesome because it's 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 a classic story. It has allegory all over it. And yeah, yeah, so many good versions of it. There's so many good versions. But Arthur Miller, I'll just tell you guys, I'll tell your audience this that he says, you know, he had a dream and a a recurring dream right and it's about and all the time he calls it his his idiot child there's this disgusting horrible horrendous looking child that was chasing them in this reoccurring dream all the time do you know this one Sully I don't recall that okay so he said all that he'd have this recurring dream and it was so scary and it was the ugliest child and he would run and run and run but his legs wouldn't go fast enough he couldn't get away from it and finally one night in one of his dreams he turned around and he decided to just grab this idiot child and and hold him and then so he looked back and he said and i realized that the idiot child was me oh man (laughs) so i i leave you with embrace your idiot child that's your power idiotic child in you embrace what you're running away from and that's your power that's your strength man (laughs) it's a lot it's good, right? I didn't write it. I'm just I'm just a messenger. Mm-hmm. But it's a good message. Don't kill the messenger. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great message. It comes from, you know, a very bright man. So um that's all I can say. Very badass. Well, I'm so glad <laughs> you could jump on here. So glad you I could too. Thank you for having me. It's oh, fun. Was- we have a great, a great community on Twitter, you guys. You know, if you want to follow great podcasters get onto twitter i i promise you follow the follow the show follow my show and um and there's just so many shows out there that with great information great people and our community is rocking don't you agree i concur yeah yeah you're 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 doing your best to just again just really just hit on some hard topics thank you thanks well, thank you for having me, and um, I look forward to to keeping up with you guys. And oh, totally. uh, thank you. Invite me back. I'll be back anytime you want. <laughs> you know, this is a fun interview. <laughs> All right, my dear. Thank you. Godspeed to you. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up-